November 3. Be part of the team, it's time to come to the aid of America on November 3. You need to be seen, it's time to come to the aid of America. Go to the polls and cast your vote, time to have your say. Let your voice be heard now. We can make such a Welcome way. to your voting guide by the League of Women Voters. Day. This is Vivian Hart, and I will be your host on behalf of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. We are a non-partisan organization. We do encourage citizens to be informed about and active in our government, but we do not support or oppose any political party or candidate. Our goal with this program is to present unbiased information about candidates, the issues, and our voting process relating to the upcoming general election. And remember this, it's going to be on November 3rd. We're delighted that you've joined us today. I'm going to be interviewing Rex Graham, who is the chair of the Get Out the Vote Committee for the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. Welcome, Rex. Thank you, Vivian. Nice to be here. First of all, I wanted to know what motivated you to care about voter turnout and to lead the Tucson League's Get Out the Vote Committee. Oh, well, that's a, that's a pretty short story. Um, I, uh, I didn't even know the League of Women Voters uh, allowed men to join, so that was news to me when I found out. I have been active in immigration justice issues, and I volunteer with Habitat for Humanity and No More Deaths and some other organizations. But, you know, after the, the 2016 election, I found out that 92 million Americans eligible to vote didn't vote. Wow, that many? Yeah, that's right, Vivian. 55% of voting wow. age citizens cast ballots that, that election, and that was a 20-year low. And I was just, I was just shocked. Uh, so um, even though I had volunteered for other organizations, I, I felt that, you know, no matter what cause you're interested in or what, what change you want, you need to vote. And, you need, and I was committed then to encourage other people to vote. And so that's how I stumbled upon the League of Women Voters, who seemed to think just the way I did. <laughs> exactly. That's one of our big thing is getting people to vote, getting people to register to vote first, and then actually getting them to vote once they're registered. It really is. And it's it, the League of Women Voters has such a history and such solid reputation in the country that uh, no matter where I've gone in the last couple of years, you tell people you're from the League of Women Voters and, and they immediately uh, uh, respect uh, what you're trying to do. Exactly. That's true. Now, before the 2018 midterm election, you were the chair of the Get Out the Vote committee then, and your committee had a team of people that contacted about 58,000 voters in low turnout parts of Tucson. Now, we have the virus this time. You going to be able to repeat that effort this year? <laughs> I wish. You know, we had so much fun in 2018. We had uh, we we blanketed the low turnout areas of uh, of Tucson. We hit every restaurant, uh, beauty salon, uh, car repair place. I mean, you name it, we were there. And uh, we we what we did, Vivian, is we created these business cards. They're they're like brochures, but they're the size of a business card. 
and they had the easiest ways to to register to vote and also the easiest ways to to actually vote um and there was a number to call if you had any question at all you could call this number and get the answer to it and uh, these cards were extremely popular with the the business owners that we visited uh, I remember one, one of the places we stopped. It was one of my favorite Mexican restaurants along 22nd Street. And um, two volunteers for the league walked in and introduced themselves to the owner and said, you know, this election is going to be really, really close. You know, it, it could come down to a few dozen votes. In fact, in some cases it did. And so it's really important for everybody to vote. And in fact, your restaurant is in a low turnout area of the city. And she, the owner, was just, she was dumbstruck. And she said, wait a minute. She gathered up all of her employees, all the wait staff, the cooks, the dishwashers, everybody, and said, these people are from the League of Women Voters, and they want to talk to you about why it's so important to vote, and which we did. And then we handed out the cards. And so the business owner turned to her staff and said, I hope you all will register and I hope you all will vote too. And it was really such a remarkable, um, such a remarkable experience, Vivian. Good for her. Yeah. And she, she's what we call an influencer. And so we don't really uh, think of ourselves as going door to door or, or trying to, uh, to talk to everybody we see on the street, but the, the influencers in our community, the owners of businesses, rabbis, uh, ministers, imams, People who, people who run nonprofits. Um, these people ha are influencers among their communities too. And so that's, that's something that stayed with me last year. And, and then when the COVID pandemic hit, well, you know what happened, Vivian. Our, 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 <laughs> our, our, our ground game you know, came to a grinding halt. Uh, a lot of our volunteers are fairly old and it was just impossible. Um, they were they were actually in high risk population, and we just couldn't couldn't do that same same ground game this year. So you're doing something different. I was reading an article in the paper, or I read something, um, and it was quoting the Community Foundation of Southern Arizona. The leader of that community foundation said there's over 400 nonpartisan nonprofits in Tucson. Wow. Yeah, it's quite a few. And I thought, hmm. What if I talk to some of those nonprofits and, and turn them into uh, League of Women uh, ambassadors for Get Out the Vote? And so, so I did that. So I called Literacy Connects, the Southern Arizona Gender Alliance, and several others, and gave them a short presentation and explained to them how they could use our cards and our, our pitch to their clients, to their volunteers, to their staff, to encourage them to, to get out the vote. And they were totally on board. Um, now we partner with them and uh, we actually split the cost of our cards. So that's, that's helped the league and to, uh, to extend our, you know, investment that we have in this effort um, uh, quite a bit. And so that they, they send the cards out to their members. And so they're the influencers influencing their members to be sure to vote. Exactly. And that's exactly what they've done. And, uh, and it's, it's a way for us to sort of get that message across of how important it is to vote uh, in the local community um, and in the words and actions of these influencers in the nonprofit uh, community. And um, they're, so, they're so grateful. I understand that what you're doing is co-branding these Get Out the Vote cards with these nonprofits so that it has the League brand on it, our logo, 
and the logo of the nonprofit on it so they can see both organizations are encouraging them to vote. And then on the back is just great information about where to go online to register to vote or to update your registration or how to get your, your ballot by mail or, or how to check on your registration status. Some people just don't know if they're, if they're actually registered. And there's also great information about how to vote, um, vote by mail. There's places to vote early in person, and that, that information is there. And also the, the polling places change a lot. Um, and so there's a, there's a link on here where you can just type it in and find out where your polling place is. And these, these are sort of barriers, if you believe it, that, that have prevented people from voting just because they didn't, they didn't know where their polling place was or they, did, they forgot to check their registration status, which, uh, which needed changing. People need to change their uh, voter registration if they change their name, where they change their address, anything like that. Right, or if they change their party affiliation, or even if they move from apartment five to apartment twenty in the in the same apartment complex, that's a change of address, and so it's important it's important for them to to make that change. But it's easy to do that online now. It's very easy, yeah. It's very simple. Uh, you know, um, I was checking on my husband's um, ballot and my ballot. I went on to the recorder's office uh, website and just checked on what, what the status was. And I could see when they mailed it out, when they received it, when they checked my signature, when it went to the elections department to be counted. And so it had every single date on there. And it was really good to see that, that both of our ballots, we sent it in about a week ahead of time for the primary. And uh, they got in in a few days and got counted. It was good to see that. And it's, it's really important that people track their ballots to make sure that they got in on time and they're being, uh, they're being processed correctly. So anyway, that's a good thing to know. And you have information on the card about the recorder's office. The number and website of the recorder's office is, is on our card. And so if you either call them or go online, you'd be able to do just what you just did, Vivian, is to track your ballot. Um, and that gives you great peace of mind to know that, okay, my, they got my ballot, it's, uh, it's being verified, and, and then maybe a few hours or a day later, it's been counted. So that's a wonderful, it's a wonderful way of verifying that your vote actually did count. If any of our listeners is part of a nonprofit, how can they contact you or contact the league office to get their nonprofit involved in this project? And if any, any of them would like to to partner with the league and have these co-branded get out the vote cards, I suggest that they email us at office at lwvtucson.org. Again, that's office at lwvtucson.org. And just ask to talk to somebody about the get out the vote cards or, or talk to Rex Graham and, uh, and I'll, I'll get a hold of them right away. Or they can spread the word. Great. Thank you, Rex. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. You've given us a lot of information. I'm glad that the get out the vote effort was not stopped by the virus. You're continuing on. This is an important election coming up. The more people we have voting, the better. Absolutely. That's what, that's what democracy is all about. That's what people have died in wars for. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. So we're, we're, we're right on board with you. Um, this is how democracy works, uh, voting. Thank you very much, Rex. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This is Vivian Hart.
I have been interviewing Rex Graham, who's the chair of the Get Out the Vote Committee of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. Our next guest is Cindy Soffrin. She's a member of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson Speakers Bureau. This Speakers Bureau gets around and gives speeches around town, or at least used to get around. Now it's done a little differently. Welcome, Cindy. Now I'm a member of the Speakers Bureau too, but Cindy's going to tell you exactly what we do. Cindy, the first question I wanted to ask you are what are the speeches that the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson offers? They are varied and very important. They are national voter issues, which include gerrymandering, which is manipulating the map, uh, very important these days, voter suppression and voter expansion that deals with who votes, Money in politics, dark money and clean elections, which is also important if you need to know who is supporting the candidates and why. And the impact of purging voter rolls. The impact of purging voter rolls uh, occurs when the administration of certain states and counties target specific communities and they'll send out cards that if they are not returned to the administration, that name will be purged from the voter rolls and that person will no longer be able to vote. There's also Civics 101, which some of us have forgotten in in all the years since we've been in school. Uh, That starts with the 2020 census and how it impacts us, how a bill becomes a law, and how you can lobby to get a law passed or voted down. In Arizona, there is a program that's called Request to Speak, where you can make your opinions known to your uh, legislatures, and it's done by computer, and the, the league has a speech that tells you how to register for that and how to continue and make your voice known to your legislators. I call that one, How to Influence Your Legislator While You're Sitting in Your Pajamas. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I like that. I've done it too. I know. I have too. The League also has an update on the Equal Rights Amendment, which is really hot right now. And the voter registration training is done for various community groups. And we also have a very important speech on the pros and cons of ballot issues called the Ballot Proposition Speech. And then we get on to the Arizona-specific speeches. One is the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. What do we do? Very important. When can felons vote in Arizona? That's a question that a lot of people are asking these days. Arizona pioneer women is a topic and also women in Arizona history. All these presentations are free, but the donations are greatly appreciated. Great, thank you very much. There's one other that we have, and it is about women Uh, in the suffragette movement, and that was from 1840 through 1920. One of our members does a dramatic presentation of these different personalities of women who really worked hard to get the 19th Amendment passed. So thank you very much. I think also with the voter rolls, what sometimes what happens is people are taken off of the voter rolls if they haven't voted in 
a certain number of general elections. It happens uh, in a number of ways. So all of that is covered in our speeches. I'm one of the speakers too, and that's why I know some about this. So, okay, we have the virus in real life right now. You can't go and speak in front of groups of people now. Tell me what's being done to get people from our Speakers Bureau in front of community groups and organizations. Yes, it's, 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 a, it's a big problem. Uh, before COVID-19, we were going from Green Valley all the way up to Oro Valley uh, giving speeches. And now we sit in our, our rooms and we, we do it by Zoom most of the time. Uh, I've already given one to a group that met at the Arizona Inn, and it worked out perfectly. And I gave one to one of the legislative districts in Pima County. That's great. Yeah. Uh, we used to give it to at senior facilities, uh, some adult education classes, uh, but you can't do that anymore. You can't even get into some of those places because they're under lockdown. But we've also currently been approached by some kindergarten through 12th grade schools to possibly give them a speech on some of these topics. And all of this will be done electronically. Now, I know with the students, the kinds of topics we can talk about are things like um, the enfranchisement. What's the history of the enfranchisement? Who was able to vote beginning in the 1700s, and then who was added on over the years. That's one topic. Another topic is what the importance of voting is, why it's important to vote. Another topic is how our laws affect the students themselves. And those are all things that the students might want to hear about. Yes, that's true. Uh, uh, especially at the youthful age that they are, they are interested in how does this impact me? Right, exactly. So do you usually take questions and answers in a speech? And if so, do you do it while the speech is happening or at the end? I usually give the organization the choice as to how they want to handle the Q&A part of our speeches. Uh, I prefer that they do it during the speech so that they don't forget and that we can uh, keep the information in order. Uh, but it is up to the organization. Right. And I have actually said to organizations, you know, it does work better to have people ask the questions during the speech itself. And usually they'll go along with me. Not always. Yeah, they'll go along with uh, generally what the speaker would like. Right, right. Because sometimes people just get frustrated because they can't ask their question when the topic is being covered. Right. But it works, too, to take the questions at the end. I've done that, too. So have you ever had a situation where you were asked a question and you didn't know the answer to it? And if so, what did you say? Yes, I, I, I'm... I don't know everything, so I've been perfectly honest and say I don't know the answer to that question. And I get the email of that person or of the person who is my contact, and I get the information and I write them an email after the fact and ask them to disseminate it to their membership. And that has worked very well. I do the exact same thing. I don't know everything, so I, I can't really um, make up an answer. 
is what I'm trying to say is I will go look it up afterwards and I will get them the correct information. Right. I do the same thing. I remember the very first speech I made in 2018 about the ballot propositions, which is our most requested speech. Um, I was at a senior facility and these were really smart people and they asked me questions. I had no idea what the answer was. So I did the same thing. I got back with the person who was the organizer and emailed her uh, about three days later, asked her to let everybody know what the answers were. Now with the speech having to do with the ballot propositions, we have to wait a while because many times the ballot propositions are in court and they're not decided until late in the season. Usually uh, we have to wait until September or so to give those speeches because they're in court through August. So uh, just to let people know. I know that members of the uh, State League of Women Voters are working on the pros and cons and what a yes vote means, what a no vote means, and a summary of the ballot propositions that we in the Speakers Bureau will be able to use. That's excellent. That's good to know. Uh, I also know that people, uh, because of the kerfuffle that's taking place with the U.S. Post Office, uh, Postal Service, I know many people, as well as myself, who will be filling out their mail-in ballots but hand-carrying them either to the recorder's office or to their polling place. And uh, I just want to encourage people not to be afraid of filling out your mail-in ballot and doing it that way. Well, I, I would not be afraid to put it in the mail either. I just... I'm not afraid, I just don't know how this is going to turn out by November 3rd. Usually we say to put it in the mail a week ahead of time, but if the mails are slowed down or there's bizarro things going on, I think you're right that it would be best to actually deliver your ballot to the recorder's office or to a polling place on the day of the election, which is November 3rd. That's correct. If you do it ahead of time, they can start counting your ballot ahead of time as well, so we could get the results of the election just a little bit sooner. Right. Well, Cindy, tell me this. What attracted you to be on the Speakers Bureau of the League of Women Voters? Well, I think that every citizen should be well-educated, and I don't know whether everybody remembers what they learned in their civics classes in high school. That was a while back for me. I think that it's very important to know about your government in order to make the proper decision when you vote on election day. And I thought that this would be the best way to get these topics out there. Good. And what speeches specifically do you make presentations on? Uh, I do the gerrymandering speech, uh, which is very important and near and dear to my heart. And I also do the election integrity speech in a digital world. The, uh, it, it's much different voting now than it was when your grandmother voted. And that speech includes what's being done to make sure that nobody can hack the votes and the ballot. Absolutely. It, it goes into all of that, as well as uh, the safety of mail-in voting, and uh, how the counting and the following of the trail, the paper trail, 
occurs, especially in Arizona. Cindy, thank you so much for being with us today. You have definitely educated us on the kinds of things the Speakers Bureau of the League of Women Voters does. Now, to our listeners, if your organization, uh, your church, your nonprofit, your school, anybody at all, your senior housing, if you have access to uh, Zoom meetings or uh, go to webinar meetings or anything like that online, the Speakers Bureau members are ready, willing, and able to speak to your group. And so what you can do is contact office at lwvtucson.org and request a speech. Or you can call us at 520-327-7652. So let me repeat those. lwvtucson.org and 520-327-7652. Thank you very much, Cindy. I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. We hope you've learned some things from our two guest speakers, Rex Graham with the Get Out the Vote Committee and Cindy Sofran with the Speakers Bureau of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. Tune in next week at the same time for another edition of Your Voting Guide by the League of Women Voters. You can learn more about the League at our website lwvtucson.org You've been listening to your voting guide by the League of Women Voters on KXCI 91.3 FM All episodes of this series are on kxci.org after they have been broadcast This show is recorded and produced by Amanda Schager Until next time Bye bye be part of the team, it's time to come to the aid of America. On November 3, you need to be seen, it's time to come to the aid, come to the aid, come to the aid.